As has already been noted several times, part of what we're going to be celebrating this morning as we gather to worship is a special service of worship for the church. And this is the opportunity we have to uh, set aside one of our own number for a particular task that, uh, that God has, has called him to. And we want to make good and sure that this is understood as a service and a celebration of the entire congregation. Uh, a little earlier on, normally when we have all the kids kind of hanging around there, we try to kind of set the stage and, and try to introduce what we're going to be talking about. And so Pastor Andrew and I were, were talking, so how, how do you explain ordination to, to a two-year-old? So that, that was a little difficult. I, I suggested he ask the question, have your parents ever laid hands on you? Uh, he decided against that question, and it was very, very wise. We, we want this service to be an expression of the entire church. And this is an opportunity where we get to, to celebrate the goodness of God, to see his work in the life of our congregation and in the life of one who will be leading our, our congregation. And, and so in order to do that, we need to understand the setting of ordination. Because in ordination, we have the coming together or the confluence of three things. We have the call of God on the life of, of someone who is to be serving. We have the desire of that one called to serve the Lord. And then the third part is the affirmation of the church, of the congregation, and so in ordination, all three of these streams converge together as we worship God for his faithfulness and we pledge uh, our continued commitment to one that he has gifted and chosen uh, to lead our congregation. So let's, let's pause for a moment uh, of prayer and then we'll begin our, our service of ordination. So let's pray. Good God, we thank you for the very fact that you have brought us to this place. This is a special day, as is every time we gather to worship. But for this reason, Father, we are especially blessed to be uh, active participants and witnesses in this service of worship as we set aside Pastor Josh to the Christian ministry. So watch over and guide us. Direct our hearts Allow us to recognize the import of this time and this place and make us mindful of this in the days to come as we join hands and walk together in service. So we'd ask your, your presence among us and your blessing upon us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I would invite Pastor Josh to come over and just stand over here by my right, if you wouldn't mind. And as I've mentioned before, um, ordination is this three-sided conversation and affirmation. The calling of God, the desire of the candidate, and the affirmation uh, of the community of faith. And so we'll be entering into now a, a time of ordination. So Pastor Josh has already submitted uh, numerous things to the church board. He has given us a very detailed picture of, of his statement of faith, of his philosophy of ministry, of his initial plans to, to give leadership to our congregation. And in light of all of those plans, uh, the board has unanimously 
felt that uh, Josh is the one uh, to lead us on into the future that God has in mind for us. And so this conversation, this pledge that we make together is, is simply a cementing of a process that has already begun. And so as, as the words come up on the screen, we'd ask you to respond appropriately. There'll be opportunities for Pastor Josh to respond. There will be opportunities for you as a congregation uh, to respond in, in unison. So we will begin. Lift up your eyes and look on the fields that they are white for harvest. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? I have heard the call of Christ, and in the words of Isaiah, I respond, Here I am, send me. Have you, Josh, prayerfully considered the responsibility of living and preaching the gospel? And have you weighed the work involved and the sacrifices you may be called upon to make? I have. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that the Holy Scriptures are the Word of God to make us wise unto salvation through faith in Him? I do, with all my heart. Are you motivated not out of a desire for position or earthly gain, but by the love of God and of your fellow man and the wish to glorify him and save them? I am. Will you strive to build up the church, the body of Christ, to prepare God's people for works of service, to labor for the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God? I will, as God gives me strength. Will you... Endeavor to live a life of love within your family and in the community, and so draw others to Christ through your example as well as by your word? I will make it the purpose of my life to live for Jesus Christ, and I ask your prayers and the prayers of this church to help me in this ministry. So have you, members of this Christian assembly, carefully considered the qualifications of Pastor Josh for the work of the ministry as a servant of Christ? Are you satisfied that he will be a worthy messenger and representative of the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you willing that he should be ordained to the Christian ministry? So, Josh, you have declared your purpose to give your life in the service of Jesus Christ. And you have received the approval of this church in order that you may be formally set apart for this holy calling. I would ask you now to kneel before the cross and receive the laying on of hands as we ask the blessing of God on your ministry. 
I would invite the elders to come forward at this time, please. Let us pray. God of our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself to save all humanity, we come today with praise on our lips and a petition in our hearts. How thankful we are for Christ, who, when lifted up, calls us to his holy service. We praise you, O God, that Jesus died for us and that we may bring our lives to him in return. We are thankful for this, your servant, who offers himself to the ministry of Christ. Father, grant him the spirit of wisdom that he may know you better. May his heart be enlightened through the knowledge of your word. May his feet be swift with the gospel of peace, his hands outstretched toward those in need, his tongue a ready instrument for the message of Christ. May his message be always true to your word and his life consistent with his words. And when discouragement comes, uphold him. In his success, shield him from pride. Let him fear you rather than others. Give him boldness to make that choice. May your Holy Spirit work through him to do your will to bring others to Christ, to build up the church, to extend the kingdom of righteousness and truth. Be his constant companion, Father, and may he be yours, that his life will cause many to find salvation both here and in eternity. Through the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. At this point, we'd ask Dochelle if she would like to come up. I believe there is something that we have to uh, present to you as well. Somewhere. <laughs> it's coming, okay. We, we all know that, uh, that pastoral ministry is, is not a Lone Ranger activity. There is need for great support and uh, someone who will walk alongside and give loving support and usually great advice uh, in the whole process of, of serving as, as a minister of Christ. And so it is with great joy not only that we set apart Josh to the Christian ministry, but also Josh and Dochelle as, as a, a couple who are both committed to the Lord Jesus, to uh, leading this congregation. And so as, as an act of formal welcome and affirmation on behalf of the congregation, I would invite you to welcome with me Josh and Dochelle Knowles.
This morning, in terms of a message from the Word, which will also double as a charge to our pastoral candidate, we'll be reading some words that the Apostle Paul penned to the Ephesian church. And uh, we'll be looking at chapter 4, verses 11 through 16, which in the original is actually just one very long, complex sentence. Thankfully, uh, the translators have helped us out and, and have made it into several. And you may have noticed this morning that we are reading from the New Living Translation. Now, if, if anyone has a connection to, to Carl Hinderager, they may want to, to uh, give him a call after the service and say that, that we've actually read out of the New Living Translation. This is Carl's favorite. But that's not the reason why we're, we're using it this morning. Uh, but you can tell him that if you like. So I would invite you to stand with me as we hear these words of God. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly, as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Let's pray. Lord, we we are amazed at the grace that you shower on us all. Because not only do you give us all brand new life, you give us a purpose and a reason for this new life. And we thank you for this this privilege that you have granted to us to live life on purpose. And so we pray that you would help each one of us to unpack what that purpose might be as we hear from your word this morning. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please take a seat. Did you ever get one of those gifts that was perfect? useless? Maybe someone gave you a pair of hander pants 
which of course is underwear for your hands, which of course is absolutely useless for any purpose that you might have. And if it's not, come and talk to me later. <laughs> Maybe someone has given you a gift like this. And over the last few days, I, I realize that this might have come in handy, but in Saskatchewan, when the rain comes, so does the wind. So I would almost imagine if you had a pair of shoes that we would have seen you somewhere flying towards Mortlach. Uh, during the course of, of our rainstorm. Or maybe something like this. A very handy little kit that will turn your hand into a toy unicorn. A everyone's desire, of course, for, for the gift. So maybe your thing is, is not against getting useless gifts. Maybe you're a little upset when someone gives you a gift that is a little too useful. You know what I mean? You kind of wonder, maybe they have some ulterior motive in giving me this gift. It seems loaded with expectations. I remember growing up on the farm, and my dad bought me my first pair of work boots. Real, real subtle, Dad, right? How, how, many of you, how many of you have bought your wife, for her birthday, an appliance? You know, here, here, honey's happy birthday. Here's your new washing machine. You know, and as she slams the door in disgust, you you yell after her plaintively, but it's a Maytag, right? <laughs> so we have this thing with gifts. We don't like gifts that are completely useless, but we don't like gifts that are actually more for us, the giver, than the one receiving the gift. So we have some issues with this, but of course, as you may have already gathered, there is a, a particular text, the one that we just finished reading, where the Apostle Paul is answering some of our questions that we might have about gifts and leadership. How do those two combine? And so Paul, from uh, his cozy prison, uh, gives us the answer to some of these questions that we might have as we try to figure out the, the relationship between gifts, giving gifts, receiving gifts, and leadership. So our first question that we might be asking is simply, who is it who gives these gifts? And the answer from our text is pretty simple. It's almost a no-brainer. Paul says, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. So that question is easily answered. It doesn't need a whole lot of explanation. Jesus is the one who gives these gifts. But we'll, we'll come back to that in a few moments. Jesus is indeed the source of all of this gifting, and that's important for us to recognize, even though it is stated plainly in the text, but it will come back around very soon. What we need to do is, alongside of this question of who gives the gifts, we need to ask a second question, and that is, what are these gifts? And again, that's fairly straightforward because it's answered in the, the next part of that very same verse. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. So the question actually should not have been, what are these gifts? The appropriate question is, 
Who are these gifts? And the answer again is clear. These gifts are our leaders, those who lead the church, the apostles, those who have been given special authority to guide and safeguard the gospel. The prophets, these are the ones who have been given special words for God for particular situations at particular points in time. Evangelists, those are the ones who are sharing the gospel or the good news with those around. And then we have the pastors and teachers. Those are the ones who care for and teach the church. Now this list of four, with one hyphenated at the end, is not a a completely exhaustive list. We find other levels and kinds of leadership uh, listed in the New Testament, but these are sufficient for our purposes. Because it reminds us where these leaders come from. These leaders are gifts from Jesus. Jesus is the one who gives our leaders to us. Now, maybe you've heard people say, that that leader is so gifted. What do we mean? When we say that, that leader is just so, so gifted. We are saying that God has given special leadership capacities to that particular person so that they are able to lead ably. But what Paul's talking about here is actually more than that. It's more than a matter of celebrating the fact that leaders are gifted. It's that these leaders are Jesus' gift to us. So this morning, we're not here just to celebrate the fact that Pastor Josh is a gifted leader. We're here to celebrate that God has given us this particular gifted leader. That's why we're here this morning. And what Paul is telling us here is that leaders in the church do not get this responsibility by simply clawing their way to the top, by stepping over everyone who may be getting in their way. Those who give leadership to the church are those who respond to the call of God and then are are allowing Jesus to give them away to the church. So as we come to recognize the important role of leadership within the church, and particularly with Pastor Josh as he becomes our head pastor in in these next weeks, it's important for us to, to realize this is a definitive act of the grace of Christ. This is not a human plot or strategy This is a God-ordained way for God's own church to be led by those from within his own people. And so it's important to ask these two questions. They're important questions. Who gives the gifts? Jesus. Who are these gifts? They are our leaders. But those two questions lead up to a third question. 
And that is, what are these gifts for? Now, this apparently is is a fairly important question because Paul takes a little more time answering this one than, than the previous two. Look what he says in verses 12 and 13. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So Jesus has given us leaders so that we all can grow stronger together. Stronger together individually and corporately as a church so that we can all do what God has called us to do to the point where in the doing of those tasks, equipped as we are by the leaders, we grow more unified in our understanding of Jesus so that ultimately all of us as a group become more and more like Jesus. That's what it means to be built up. So they are given to us to build us up, to make us stronger, to develop our capacities because we all have them. And they are there, they are Jesus' gift to us to help each of us understand our part to play. And as we do it, we grow more and more together because we're all headed to the same point, and that is to become like Jesus. That's what it means to be built up. It's actually a term borrowed from the ancient construction industry. I don't know how many of you have been paying attention to this, but, but if you've been walking along uh, the street there on Cottonwood, you may have noticed that Pastor Josh is building a garden shed. This is one amazing garden shed. It's not kind of some flimsy thing made out of particle board. It's made out of, of thick wood. It, is the, it has 16-inch centers. It's got sofa, fascia, soffit and fascia. It's got the whole works. This is one sturdy garden shed. He and his dad worked on it for a long time, right? It's got a big, massive storm door on the front. It is impregnable. It, it will stand the rain in Karenport. It will withstand the snow that comes in the winter. It will withstand the hurricane-force winds that we endure. It will endure nuclear fallout. <laughs> it, it's amazing. And, but here, here's the thing. He has built this shed to house his lawnmower. <laughs> Maybe you didn't know that, that I also have a construction project in, in my backyard. Uh, I, I'm planning on, on putting up one of those temporary garages. And my garage will be made out of plasticized canvas stretched over hollow 
metal tubing. Can you say box kite? <laughs> and I am going to be erecting this structure to give protection to my pride and joy, my 1953 Ford truck, whom I have affectionately called Fiona. Do you sense some irony? Now, I kind of wish I would have caught Josh and his dad before they had the dimensions ready for this garden shed. I would have had them build my garage. I'm quite willing for him to store his lawnmower in my garage if I could store my truck in his garden shed. Because this guy knows how to build stuff up. When we're talking about building it, we're talking about strength of construction. And we're all stronger when we all get stronger. And we're stronger because we reflect the perfect standard of Jesus. And that's where we're heading. And that's what leaders are called to lead us toward. So the first purpose of these gifts, these gifts of leaders, is to to help us be built up. But there's another one. These leaders are given by Jesus to help us all grow up. Take a listen to the next few verses. Then, we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So the second purpose of leaders is not just to build us up, but to help us grow up. Jesus has given us leaders because he knows we need help. We're all in process. None of us have completely arrived. We've got a long way to go. All of us can be suckered in by things that sound very much like the truth, but are not. And we need somebody to stand up and wave the flag and say, this is not true, as good as it sounds, so that all of us are equipped to understand what is true and what is not true, so that we're able not to fall for falsehood, but we speak the truth lovingly. All of us are also prone from time to time to think that that who we are and what we do doesn't count, doesn't matter that the church could go on just as fine as, as it could with, without us, even if we did not contribute a thing. We need someone to tell us when we try to tell ourselves that, that that is not true. God has given each one of us something to do, and the whole church reaches its optimum capacity only when all of us are given this 
desire to take what God has given us and contribute to the good of the whole. And so the, the body is only full of, of, of love and capacity when everyone is doing its job. And we begin to understand how much we need each other. So this is the job description for our leaders. This will be Pastor Josh's job description. Pastor Josh is Jesus' gift to the church so that we can all be built up to be like Jesus. We can all grow up to be like Jesus. You may have noticed that there's a common denominator there. All of this ends right where it began. Remember, Jesus is the one who gives the gifts. But Jesus is also the standard or the measure by which we evaluate the gifts. From beginning to end. Leadership is a Christ-centered, Christ-glorifying event and relationship. So not only does God or does Jesus give us the gift of leaders, he also serves as the standard by which they can be measured and we can be measured. And in the end, it all comes down simply to this. Jesus gives us leaders to help us be like himself. So even though it may look like uh, this morning that, uh, that Pastor Josh is our, our guest of honor, he's not. That role and that honor is reserved for Jesus. And this is the reason. Jesus is God's gift to us because he sacrificed his life to give us new life. Pastor Josh is Jesus' gift to us so that we might live this new life. That's an important distinction to maintain, but you'll notice the relationship between the two. So we, we come this morning gratefully to realize that, that God has, has granted us someone from within our own congregation, ably called and gifted to serve in this role. And we know from the words of, of Holy Scripture that his task is to lead us, warts and all, to be more like Jesus, to help us to be built up, to be stronger, to help us to grow up in our faith. And together, hand in hand, and arm in arm to be more like Jesus. Amen. It seems like a fitting way this morning as we conclude our service to, to gather around the table that reminds us of the fact that Jesus is God's gift to us in his sacrifice. So this morning we will conclude with a service of, of the Lord's Supper. We'd invite the servers to come forward. Just a word for those of you who 